Rise, all loyal cougars, and hurl your challenge to the foe. We you will fight day or night, rain or snow. Loyal, strong, and true, wear the white and blue. As we sing, get set to spring. Come on, cougars, it's up to you. Oh, rise and shout, the cougars are out along the trail to fame and glory. Rise and shout, our cheers will ring out as you unfold your victory story. On you go to vanquish the foe for alma mater, sons and daughters. As we join in song, in praise of you, our faith is strong. We'll raise our colors high in the blue and cheer our cougars of BYU. Patty kick, patty kick, patty kick. Oh, cougars! And you know, I honestly, I wanted to do a mashup with Redeemer of Israel. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not that good. But how long we have wandered as strangers in sin and cried in the desert for Thee? Our foes have rejoiced sometimes on this very podcast as our sorrows they've seen. But yeah, man, that helps me relate. What a glorious two weeks of football it has been. I don't know if anybody can dispute that. <laughs> well, welcome to Northern Goal. That's Benji. He's got every right in the world, man, to celebrate because, like he said, how long have we wandered? Over a decade. It's been a long time. I don't know what it's like to be on Twitter since Utah lost. In fact, I still that's, that's don't know. You, that's because you disappeared. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gone back. I haven't it's gone back. So bad. It's not so bad. The U fans are having a good time. I tell you, I'm impressed with a lot. I'm not all of them. Some of them are just, you know, how it goes. But uh, a lot of them are just having a great time. They've rallied around the new quarterback. You know, it's a... Uh, the, the atmosphere, I like it. I, I could get used to this. I think we should do this more often. We got we got a lot to, to unpack here because we have two weeks worth of shows. And I just want to make sure everyone understands, it wasn't because I was dodging this podcast, right? I want, I want right. everyone to know that. I, in fact, I said the day after the game, I'm ready to record whenever yeah. you are. But the way our schedules line up, I went out of town to go to a Disney trip and to attend the San Diego game. You had a lot of work issues and it just didn't, it didn't work. So we are back, though. We're going to recap the last two weeks. I am Jake, the mighty Alaskan Ute, slash um, Salt Lake Jake, slash whatever, and you are? I am Nice Later Hosen, which, by the way, I've gone all in on this. Um, I'm pursuing a Reddit social media. If any of you are on Reddit as well, I am Nice Leather Pants on Reddit. I haven't posted yet, but I'm trying to get some Reddit credentials going here and uh on instagram i'm now nice leather pants on instagram i'm not there as often but you know i'm just going with this whole this is my new my new identity but my name is benji my name is also ellis mcpickle and yes i take full responsibility uh friday night byu joins the big 12 or friday day they do awesome stuff saturday they beat utah sunday i had just an incredible experience with sunday things as sometimes happens and then monday everything went to crap (laughs) not really um but i had all kinds of just just um change unexpected change in life um having to do with uh co-workers people i care about future plans this and that and so i've I've been swamped and so uh jake was like hey we got to record we got to do this we gotta do that and i had i just didn't have any minutes and so um we, we will do a double episode. We will make it up to you this Okay, let's just dive in. Let's dive in. Forget our little <laughs> our, our, our tradition of just going off the rails and talking about this and that. Let's just dive in. Rivalry game. BYU ends the Max Hall curse. And I will just say this. First of all, I want to say I was wrong. Because for the last year, I kept saying I'm not afraid of BYU in this game. In fact, two weeks before the game, I said I've never been less afraid of BYU. And I was wrong. And I will admit it. I was wrong. BYU is a good team. I will say I have never seen a Kyle Whittingham team get pushed around and bullied on the lines like they did against BYU, with one exception, against Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Right? That was mm-hmm. the only other time. But that line had freaking Kayvon Thibodeau, who's going to be the number one NFL draft pick, and Penny Sewell, who's the best offensive lineman in the last 15 years in college football. Right, And so to go up against BYU and have zero sacks, zero turnovers, and zero tackles for loss is freaking embarrassing no matter who you play, right? It just is. And so mm-hmm. uh, it, it, BYU 
absolutely dominated Utah on the lines on both sides. We could not get a single ounce of pressure on Jalen Hall, Jaron Hall, which I think was a huge contributing factor to the win because he broke off a lot of big runs when he needed it on a on a fourth down and a bunch of other stuff, right? And also on the offense, we couldn't freaking protect our quarterback, which is apparently a theme of Utah offensive line, especially this year. Uh, it happened again in the San Diego State game uh, where there were you probably recall in the BYU game a couple plays where. Uh, the quarterback was handing it to Fran- to Micah Bernard, and as soon as he handed the ball to him, the D lineman tackled him back up. That happened in the San Diego State game like four freaking times mm-hmm. in one game. It is an absolute embarrassment the way the offensive line is playing. And I'll say it, man, it's a bunch of trash because I bought into the hype. Not only did Kyle Whittingham talk up the offensive line, we had people like Phil Steele ranking Utah's offensive line as the fifth best offensive line, not in the Pac-12, but the freaking country, right? And not only are they not the fifth best line in the country or the Pac-12, they may not be the fifth best offensive line in the freaking state of Utah. Like, they are embarrassing the way they're playing. Embarrassing. So... Long story short, with the BYU game, congratulations, man. You earned that win. There is no fluke about it. There's no like, oh, if we would have done this or if we would have done that or oh, if we hadn't had this turnover. None of that crap. I'm not into that. You guys won. You beat us physically. You bullied us on both sides of the ball, and you won that game. And congratulations to you, to Kalani Satake, to Kyle Wysoup, to Sporting McSports, to <laughs> Jason Polson. I'm just going on the BYU fans I like. I'm almost out. Who have I who have He hasn't memorized I can't remember. Congrats to all you guys, man. You, you know, I, and I, I, I with good you reason. Because you, uh, I know that tweet you're talking about. You were like, someone tell me what I'm missing. Someone tell me why I should be scared. So I searched your mentions. You know, the just because I was sitting there, just I'm when I, before everything went crazy in my life and I had time. I'm like, what are people saying to him? You know, because of that. Oh, so I'm, was, not, I'm was, afraid to check, bro. I'm afraid yeah, to check. What are they saying? You no, know, it's it's a bunch of people with like. 30 followers, you know, and I, I don't know if you're one of them and you have more than 30, don't come at me. But, you know, it was a bunch of people. It, it's it's nothing that's going to be surprising. It's a lot of people are yeah. like, oh, nice take. And which is the weakest thing, like after it's all settled to be like, nice take. You know what? It takes real courage to put that out there before the game, not after. Anyway, uh, but it is entertaining. It is funny. I will admit, OK, I never I'm not a podcast. I just don't listen to podcasts. I, I do. I make podcasts. I make this podcast, but I just don't really listen to any other podcast. I re-listened to our episode after the game and I was just sitting there like basking in that. I'm like, man, I sound brilliant. Like if you go back and listen to everything I said, it was like I predicted just exactly. And that's not because I'm amazing. It's because uh, I don't know, it was lucky, I guess. I just happened to, I know this team and I knew what I liked about them and it just happened to work out. But for every time I've had some bold take, it's backfired and blown up in my face, you know, it just happens. But uh, but I did enjoy listening to our own podcast. Especially on Twitter where you have unfiltered access to say whatever you want with usually no repercussions, right? Um, And when you have 10 years of of tweeting history, you're going to have that, right? And yeah. I will admit, when I when I do get back on, and I'm not I'm not avoiding Twitter to avoid people. It's just too hard for me to to like put myself back in the experience yeah. of the game, right? So I will uh-huh. get back on, and when I do get back on, I will eat crow, and I will say I will bring up that tweet that got a lot of traction. Yeah, <clears throat> that said, I'm less worried about BYU than I have been in 20 years. I will retweet mm. that, and I will say I was wrong. I will own it because I was I was wrong, and so congratulations, man. You guys, you guys, like I said, you guys won it. You earned it, and I mean, I'll eventually get to the point where I start making jokes about one out of ten and tithing <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm not there yet because I'm still like so frustrated, right? Um, but I'll eventually get to that, and I'll start flipping around. Like if if we're able to go on a run and win some games, I'll start doing the whole hypothetical rematch stuff just as a joke, right? I'll get oh, to yeah. that point. Oh, but I'm but not there if, yet. If you win five straight, it won't be a joke. I well, maybe from you, but from the fans have a way of, of kind of convincing themselves of whatever they want to believe. And I guarantee you, if you guys win, if you rattle off five straight wins, there will be a majority of you fans that say, Oh man, if Cam Rising would have started, because that's just how it goes. That's how fans that's how it goes. It's they, hey, they, we've had yeah. We've had a decade of learning from the best. <laughs> right so we know what to expect but no i mean hey listen you guys won it'll go on the scoreboard forever as a win i don't care i don't care the reasons and hey the reasons are legitimate we sucked we sucked blocking we sucked getting pressure (coughs) and our our quarterback which we'll get to that as we progress on this podcast a little bit because that's a whole new world but our quarterback didn't handle pressure well you guys got good timely turnovers yeah exactly and so 
It just you got you guys want it and 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 I don't know. Utah's in disarray right now. Utah's just and, and here's the thing I tell my I, I've told my my brothers, I always reference my brothers because all we do is talk Utah football. I told mm-hmm. them, man, listen, every team besides freaking Bama, Clemson, and Ohio State have crappy years, right? It just happens. Yeah. It happens to literally everybody. We've had a really good run the last six or seven years. Since our first two years in the Pac-12, we were at five and seven. After that, we've had nine, ten wins every year and been ranked every year, right? So we've had mm-hmm. a really good run. So it's, we're bound to have a, a crappy year. It's just, it's hard to... Hard to, to experience, and the funny thing is, is we're all we're all prisoners of the moment, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like oh, everyone's like, oh, well, this is this is how it's this is how it's gonna be forever now. BYU's gonna be incredible. Utah's gonna just suck forever because that's how it is right now, right? We're all prisoners of that moment. Things will change. Things will will get better, but right now it's just it's frustrating as heck. As Let's hell. About that Screw it. Your... Say, it's frustrating oh. as hell. Yeah, that's how mad I am. Wow. Um... Sorry, Joe. Uh, if Jack was listening, I, I didn't think he would swear. I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> Who's, who, who you refer to? I found out recently my nephew tunes in sometimes, and, and it's oh, okay. We, we could say, no, we could say that. Sorry, I'm Jack. Sure, Sorry, I'm sure Jack. we've said worse. In fact, when I found out, I was like, oh, man, I just used some, like, terrible analogy or something like that. It's fine. No, um, I was thinking about that when I was driving here. The hardest thing of last year for – well, no, okay, I can't say that. Last year was hard for me and for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Limited to BYU football, the hardest moment of BYU football for me last year was the physical pain in my heart when Dax Milne got stopped at the goal line. And it's because you could just, you could feel all the pressure building up to that moment and then to fall short. And so I was thinking about how. It's so stupid that we invest so much emotion in something that is so, like, out of reach. And even when it is in reach, it's fleeting, you know? Uh Like, even if you have that perfect season, you will not say, I loved that season. Because every time it was on the line that you almost lost it, you were about to have a heart attack and die, you know? Like, they're not enjoyable if you're that emotionally invested. And so it's almost... Uh... In some ways, it's more fun to say, hey, we're one and two, we got nothing to lose, and you can just, it, it can be fun. Whereas when you have all this on the line that you're about to lose, it can kind of be a little tricky. And then even if, like, let's say, like, BYU hits their ceiling, I don't think it's national championship this year. I think they go undefeated. There's a good chance they just get, like, you know, the Orange Bowl or something, you know, some nice bowl, but not the playoffs. So let's say they go undefeated. You're going to spend the rest of the offseason, like, arguing about how the great injustice was done that you miss like there is our brains are geared to chase you know like we're chasing that satisfaction it will not come here it's not going to come from sports there is a quote i love that i tell my wife all the time because it is so easy to compare yourself to other people in every aspect everything Mm -hmm. work success prettiness athletic ability humor whatever there, yeah. You know, and so like in, in with uh, with my job and stuff, there's a quote I have hanging in my office that says the, the gap between more and enough never closes ever mm. mm-hmm. because when you get to a certain level, you're like, well, now I need that or now I, yeah. now I want that level of success. And you bring it up just like football. I remember 2004, Utah went undefeated, kicked the crap out of Pitt. It was our first amazing season in maybe a long forever. And all I thought about all offseason, how pissed I was that we didn't get a chance to play someone else besides Pitt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In no. 2008, we, we, we beat Bama. Well, freaking give us a national championship. You know, like the gap between more and enough never closes. And you're right. I, I feel this way every year. As soon as I, we get a second loss in the season, every loss after that doesn't hurt to me anymore. Yeah. Because, because the, 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 the big goal or the perfection that you're chasing is, is no longer. And so I just remember, dude, this BYU game, I was... I I, I I say this every year, but like, dude, I, I gotta I gotta chill out and find a new hobby because I cannot believe how stressed I was during that game. I mm-hmm. literally sat in my seat on that east northeast corner up against the the wall and just like my my palms were sweating and I was rubbing my hands through my hair and it was just terrible, man. It's just so yeah. stressful. Here's what you're missing. This is why the U fans are having fun. Most of them, the ones that haven't gone private because they're too. Uh... Anyway, <laughs> not you. I was not thinking of you. I was thinking of the I did drama, go. the stupid I did drama. Go. You went private for different reasons, though. There's people that are private because they're just they're full of hate, and that's fine. Um, the Ute fans that are fun and not full of hate 
are having a great time. Uh, Connor Cronair, Cronair. I don't know how to pronounce his handle, but you know Connor. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh-huh. great. He he created. He's the father of the hashtag Thick Boy Seven. Was that you remember that? Yeah. yeah you yeah, see, yeah. the team has embraced it. He's put yeah, it out yeah, there. Yeah. And that's yeah. like that's a good time. You know what? You're one and two, but you're having a good time. The team's excited. I hats off to them. Hey, one thing yeah. I got to point out because you keep Utah did a lot of things wrong. Something I was really really impressed with was BYU team. I mean, there's been a lot, but I've noticed it these two weeks in a row that I didn't see in the Arizona game. Wholesale defensive substitution, six or eight guys out at a time and and on at a time on long drives. I love that because Tuiaki Sataki, whoever's idea this was. They've got enough guys that are rotating in, not in garbage time, in pivotal moments of the game, and they're keeping them fresh. And I really feel like that's been a fourth quarter edge in both games. And in both of these games, you wouldn't expect that because for years and years and years and years, the narrative is we're we're pretty closely matched with the ones, but the difference is the twos and the threes. When you recruit Brett better, you're much deeper. BYU won both of these games with their twos and their threes being fresh, contributing, having key roles, and really just the, the brilliant scheme of Tuiaki changing things up, keeping the offenses on their toes. I thought, I, I mean, major hats off to them. I love Tuiaki. I've stood by him when no one else did. Um, but yeah, that was just awesome. Good, and the, the players, he's, he's are, I mean, they're be, playing, they're motivated. He's going to be an awesome defensive coordinator for USC. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> Next season when Kalani's head coach down there. Just kidding. Yeah. Hey, so let's let's talk a little bit more about this this rivalry game because we skipped okay. it. You, you, for me, on my perspective, when Utah scored to get within six with mm-hmm. eight minutes left, in my mind, I said, here we freaking go, baby. Here we go again. This is what Utah lives on, especially in this rivalry, is yeah. – Coming back and, and finding a way to win, right? So when we, we scored, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly we're gonna our defense will step up. <coughs> Excuse me, our defense will step up and we'll get the ball back, and that's exactly what I want. I would say to myself, ten hundred times out of ten hundred times, I want Utah defense with a chance to make a stop so we can get the ball back and win. I'd say absolutely, right? And mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna happen that way. 23-17, I was like, we're gonna get the ball back, man, and we're gonna score and we're gonna win this. But BYU just drove down, bullied our defensive line yet again, and drove down, took off so much time, and got a, a field goal to put it out of reach. And uh, it was it was something I'm not used to as a Utah fan, especially this last decade. We've had such great defenses that I knew when we got the ball back, we were going to stop them. And I felt that this was going to happen again this time, but it didn't. So that was a pretty pretty impressive moment for you guys. I felt the same thing. Being on the other side of the ball year in, year out, in going up against a Utah defense at least once a year, and then ten other times vicariously, <laughs> and not really. I, honestly, I, I'm I'm mostly neutral when I'm watching all the other Utah games, but but putting myself in the position of I'm going up against this defense, it truly year in and year out has felt like wow, this is like NFL caliber defense. Like obviously not, they could go play the NFL right now, but you look around and you say this guy is destined for the league. This guy is destined for the league. They're just they've been fast. They've been big, they've been strong, and assignment sound. Like, it's just, it sucks that you can't go anywhere in that that area where the linebackers live. You can't get to the spot you want to get to before they get there. And so they've killed us with speed and strength. They've been just stifling. In fact, I'm thinking of the last Utah-Arizona State game that happened, uh, I think it was two years ago. I don't know if that game, did that game didn't happen last year, did it? Arizona State? Uh, or did it? No, no, no. It so it, it so go back. COVID killed it, yeah. Yeah, two years ago, when that same quarterback we just faced, Daniels, he couldn't do anything. I mean, they looked inept because the Utah defense was so prevalent. I did not get that sense this year. I thought our guys are either bigger, faster, stronger, more motivated, whatever it is, they prepped better. I pointed out, too, time will tell. It may be a carryover from having not only a limited number of games, but also limitations on practices, a shorter season. You know, they just didn't seem to be together the way that BYU was. You know, you pointed that out before the game, and I kind of poo-pooed it, right? Remember mm-hmm. that? I kind of yep. like, no, you know, they've had off season. I think that's another area I could be wrong because I think you're right, you know? there There is something to say about all this time together where last year we had the five games – uh, they pra- They didn't have full team practice. They practiced in pods, right? Yeah. And then 
And then another another factor which we'll never know the impact. We will never know the impact. These are 18-year, 20-year-old kids. They could mm-hmm. still be reeling from the death of their superstar teammate, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. here's a kid that comes in and lights the freaking world on fire and then days later is dead. Like, mm-hmm. days later after the season ended. And yeah. maybe that had a bigger psychological blow on them than we realized, you know? Like, the, the, the whole thought of their own mortality, like... Maybe that yeah. had a bigger, like, a heavier... I don't know. Whatever it is, there's something not right with this team. I think also, I think I overvalued and, and we overvalued um, just how how good and ready this team would be. I look at 2019. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. You, you say 2019, Utah's defense. Dude, you're right. 2019's defense, once Devin Lloyd goes to the NFL, all 11 starters will be in the NFL. Yeah. All freaking 11 starters, okay? So they are mm-hmm. awesome. So I think... 2019, we kind of got stars, and I was like, oh, it's just going to be like another 2019. Dude, no, these guys have no experience. Those guys coming back were juniors and seniors that had two years of experience. This team had no experience. Maybe, maybe in next year or the year after is when this will all pay off and will be an elite defense again because they're all highly rated guys, man. Clark Phillips, we know, was committed to Ohio State. Van Fillinger was committed to Texas. Like, all these guys... But they're all freaking sophomores or fresh. I mean, they're freshmen still because of COVID, right? A lot yeah. of them are still freshmen. And so that experience factor, I, I overestimated uh, or underestimated how important the experience factor is because these guys don't have it. And and so maybe right. it'll pay off, and next year there'll be a, another lockdown Utah defense. But right now they're just not, man. They're not. Although they didn't look terrible against San Diego State, but nobody – I mean, that game, no offense was doing a freaking thing anyway. So Yeah. Yeah, they uh, to me they it seemed very obvious they were missing their swag. You know, in years past, they show up and they walk around and you know they believe in themselves. Like there's there's this confidence, it's almost palpable. That was missing. Uh a couple of them, you know, I don't want to just in case players tune in and listen, I don't want to make them self-conscious, but a couple of them look maybe just a little like pudgy out of shape or something, you know, just like, "Wait, is this the defense we're supposed to be afraid of?" Like a guy's guts hanging out, you know? And it's like and he's a linebacker, a lineman. Maybe you know which one I'm talking about. It's like that guy doesn't look like he's gonna beat anyone to the edge to the corner. Yeah, they, they 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 don't have the same swagger or experience or I mean look at Jalen Johnson from that nineteen defense. He was first of all, he was wanted by literally every team in America, Oklahoma, SC, Alabama, and he came to Utah. He left after mm-hmm. his junior year. He's now he's the number one rated cornerback in the NFL. After, yeah. after two weeks. Like, he was just supremely talented, supremely cocky and swagger and everything. We don't have any of that on, on the field right now. And maybe yeah. that'll come with experience and success, but right now we just don't, and it's it's showing on the field. One thing I can say confidently, no matter which team you cheered for, we were all celebrating when Samson Nakua caught a touchdown because we all love him. No, I didn't freeze. I was just giving you... I was just kidding. I was just you that the last freaking person we wanted to catch a freaking touchdown. Gosh, I was happy uh, for him. I was happy but, for hey, him. I, hey, yeah, it's it's all part of the cosmic universe, right? In 2019, yeah. Francis Bernard had a pick six, and so yeah, yeah. it's just it's just part of the it's cosmic true. universe. Yeah, paying back the other side. Here's the thing you you touched on is we live in the moment, and it's so true. Here's the thing. The uncertainty of the future is the hardest thing for our brains to, like, come to terms with. Five years from now, we'll know. Was this a pivotal moment? Did everything change? Was this the beginning of the end? And I think the fears right now, the anxiety for you fans is, what if it is? And it might be, but it might not be. Everything might be just fine. And I think the same is the opposite for BYU fans. It really... It feels good being a BYU fan right now, feeling like the program is turning a corner. Obviously, the Big 12 invite is a huge contributing factor to that. You know, the recruiting's going to go up. We're going to have these rivalries renewed with TCU and new rivalries with all these other teams. And, like, all the benefits that have been hurting us in the past in recruiting, they're they're gone. You know, the Big 12, it's going to be a great conference. It's going to be a fun conference, so the future looks bright. Then you look at what the coaching staff is doing with current players. You look at the fact that, okay, yeah, we lost Grimes. We lost the uh, O-line coach, Mateos, who was awesome. We've lost a few, I mean, bunch, probably more talent to the NFL than any other team maybe ever in a single year. And we're doing, it feels like, just as good, if not better, than we were last year. And so 
it feels like this is the turning point for this program and there's no looking back. Now, obviously there's probably going to be some disappointment or come down from that in the future. Um, but yeah, it's life's about the moments. Just Dude, enjoy here's, it. Here's, here's from my perspective, what I'll just be honest with you. I don't understand how you guys are doing it, man. Like seriously, it defies logic. Like logic says you lose your start, your NFL quarterback, you lose your left tackle three year line, you lose your, you have that much turnover, you lose a coordinator. Logic says you're not supposed to be, the, and history backs that up, right? You're, you're yeah. not supposed to just, just replace all that and be just as good or better. That's what, that's what freaking normal logic would say, but it, you're defying that right now. It's crazy yeah. to me. It's because when you're a program like BYU, <laughs> you don't, you don't rebuild, you reload, right? I don't know. I so someone someone on Twitter. I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you credit because I can't remember who you are. But someone said, "Oh, my neighbor's son's on the team" or something like that. So talking to uh, and of course this is like how urban legends are are born. Is oh a friend of a friend, and that's really who this was. They said this was the best BYU football team that there has ever been. They said that before the season. Of course, you laugh at it, but they said no, no, no. These DBs, the defensive backs, the corners. People are underrating them. BYU has never been stronger at that position. If you would have told me that before the season, I would have been like, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't really know these guys. Like, I know they've had some experience, but, I mean, it's turned out to be true. They have not been a weakness. They've been fast. They've given up one or two big plays. They gave up one really long pass uh, to Arizona State. But other than that, they've been pretty darn perfect. And then, um, man, it sucks that we lost uh, Keegan Peely or Keenan Peely, because he's a uh, he maybe was the the strongest player on that defense, but Wilger and Tooley are not that far behind. I mean, those were that was a three headed monster that was just stifling everything. Um, line penetration on, I, they've I, been uh, getting. I didn't see a, a second of the BYU game because I was down for the San Diego State game, and then by the time yeah, LA traffic is freaking insane. I mean, I, <laughs> yes, I, that's a whole other story. By the time I got back to the hotel and. My wife wanted to go to dinner, blah, blah, blah. I didn't see a second of the BYU game. So they, they, what happened to Keenan Peely? Oh, he, he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Oh, so, no, that yeah, sucks. Which, which sucks. I mean, he was he was, I mean, he was doing great things and, I mean, destined for greatness with this team. But uh, he he'll be back. He's, yeah. Yeah. He went oh, out uh, third or fourth quarter maybe. Um, I actually didn't watch the game live either. You know, don't come at me, fans. I had church obligations, and so I uh, – I came at it, or I, I recorded, or had YouTube TV, so I just started playing. Um, I, I began watching the beginning of the game before the actual ending had happened, and so anyway, um, I caught up. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then the next day, this was really cool. I've been doing a lot more of the BYU radio app, so you can hear Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson during the game. And so when I rewatched it the next day, I rewatched the the replay synced with them. You get so much more. Riley Nelson. He is our Tony Romo. I, I tweeted Guess that what? out there. He's got so Riley, many cool insights. Guess what? He He's just your bought neighbor? a house two houses up from me. No, that's what I was going to guess. That's so cool. Yeah, he, he's, he hasn't moved in yet, but that, I mean, er, the, you know how Mormon culture is. It's already flying yeah. around all the circles. Guess who's moving in? <laughs> I, have a fo- I have a football sign from him. Anyway, he lives on my same street two houses up, so I'm going to become buddies with him. Yeah. yeah, future guest yeah. of this podcast, Riley oh, Nelson. Yeah. I truly I'm... enjoy his insights. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. once he and I once he and I become tight, because we will. Yeah. Um. Then uh, then I'll, we'll have him on this podcast. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited for him to move in. Yeah, I he also will in my see. Ward, he he, also sees, he points out so many things, just like Tony Romo. Where we're watching, you're like, oh yeah, that is true, and you and you'll so, and now I can sound like I have a high IQ football IQ podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and also in my ward is an ex BYU basketball player, Nick Martineau. He's also one. So I've got all these ex BYU players that I'm. You, with the now. way you say that is like they left the team and they hate them now. <laughs> what? what are you about? <laughs> like, like calling them an ex player, like you oh, know, like they're now anti. They now hate BYU and all yeah, that. Yeah. No, no, not a, not an ex, not an ex mo, not an ex mo, or whatever. <laughs> a, a former a BYU former, player, yeah. Former BYU player, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's cool. Um, cool. So yeah. So Riley Nel- uh, Riley Nelson, watch it. That's good, y'all. We'll we'll get him on here one of these days. Once yeah. Become buddies. With- he doesn't know it yet, but hey, Riley, if you're listening, we're gonna become good friends, me and you. Yeah. I will have to. We'll just we'll get a few more microphones. Who are, if someone moves into my neighborhood that has any connection whatsoever? That I mean, that would be pretty crazy. But yeah, let's just build this. That's that's good. 
So, uh, anyway, let's put that rivalry game to bed. Congrats, man. The streak is dead. Uh, Shout out. I'm sure, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are coming after me on Twitter that I'll have to face at some point when I get <laughs> back on there. But it had to happen at some point, right? Yeah, social media is overrated anyway. You you don't necessarily have to come back, but it is most the people that you interact with. I think are having a great time. You you should come back. Um, shout out to Inked Tater Sean. He is uh he's been doing some tech support for me, and so I actually spent that a lot of that weekend with him here in my building doing some IT stuff. And so I saw just a little bit of the Utah game when I came from uh, state conference. Um, stopped by here for just a little bit and he had on his laptop. And so I saw the first overtime or the second overtime. And then I heard what happened after that. But anyway, hang on. He's up there. He's up there right now in Fairbanks. A week ago. He was, we just flew up and back for the weekend just to do some on-site stuff. Oh, really? And then, and then I took some sweet Northern lights pictures of him. Like we went out like the Friday night. I was like, all right, you got to go check out the, we got to see the Aurora. And it was pretty good. It was like a, it was, it was a decent Aurora night that night. It was awesome. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so this last weekend, oh, man. Uh, I will say this, the Utah game, bro. The first the first three quarters, and I promise you I'm not exaggerating or being um, uh, being dramatic, it was the worst offensive football I have ever seen from a Utah team in the first three quarters of that game. And I mean that with all my heart. It was absolutely freaking pathetic. It was pathetic. The line... Looked like a high school line blocking against a college line. Freaking pathetic. Charlie Brewer looked like he'd never seen a pass rush in his life. Freaking pathetic. And people were dropping passes. The whole thing was freaking pathetic. And I sat there in that stadium, in that freaking soccer stadium, watching a football game, questioning my life's decisions that led me to this point. Um, And and as I watched Charlie Brewer, and I don't want to rip on the kid, but I'm going to. Sorry. As (laughs) As I watched him come off the field, every time... He, it was like he was sulking. Like he would go sit by himself, uh, would rarely talk to anybody. And yeah. it, just, it just felt weird. And the whole time I was watching, I was like, I pointed out to my man Caleb Forty Uter. He was there at the game with me. Um, and I poured it, pointed out to him. I said, look at the look at the sideline. Like there's no energy. And that was another mm-hmm. issue with the BYU game. I felt there was no energy. You guys yeah. had the edge with want to and energy by a freaking, not by a, by like, the edge, you had a freaking gap the size of 10 miles wide. Like, it was yeah. embarrassing our energy level. Same thing happened in that insane second. It was nobody cared. But then I was watching, and, and Cam Rising was still going back and forth trying to pump people up. And then when, when Brewer got pulled and, Char- and Rising went in, it was like this blanket was lifted off the Utah team. Players that were sitting down stood up and went to watch the game. They had energy. They were cheering. They were slapping each other's shoulders. It was completely different football game. <coughs> And so, what, what was the breakdown of fans there? I mean, what, I, I think I would assume a lot of Utah fans made the trip. Yeah, it was. It was first of all, it was like twelve thousand total people there. It was mm. a mm-hmm. joke, and I'd say seven to eight thousand were were Utah fans there. Oh no, really? Yeah. Well, and first of all, it was it was in L.A. It was San. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't even San Diego. So it was a two-hour drive for San Diego State fans. And they didn't yeah. even make it. Like, it I couldn't me, even find the student section. I, don't, I, I said, oh, no, because I feel bad that everyone made the trip to go see that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That, I, that's I impressive. Even, I couldn't even find the San Diego State student section. There wasn't one because nobody was yeah. there, man. And they're, so, they're on Twitter. They're not in person. Yeah. They're, they're just, they only exist on Twitter. They're like yeah. a, a troll account someone runs. Yeah. Anyway, so then, then, then Rising comes in, struggles for a couple series, but then all of a sudden the light, flip, the light switch flipped and... He turned it on, and in a quarter, in one quarter, genuinely, he had 150 yards passing, three touchdowns, and he he, he just he brought a different element to the game that Brewer couldn't. One, he's yeah. he's mobile and can escape pressure, and he did several times. One of them was like a 30 yard run, which was huge. Two, he he had a lot of swagger and energy that Brewer didn't have, and I think the players mm-hmm. fed off that, and it just it opened up the offense and made it look better. So. So, so we have that happen. We send it mm-hmm. to trip. It goes to triple overtime. We lose the game, and then all of a sudden we find out that our freaking starting quarterback has quit the team. Man, it was yeah. freaking crazy. Like, I don't know. There's a, there's a uh, there's a lot of rumors and stuff. So I don't want to just say specifically what happened. But from what it sounds like, Brewer was very immature about it. 
um, with a, with a with a meeting that happened with the players. He had an issue and then decided he wanted to quit. And so he told Coach Witt on Monday, "I'm quitting." And Witt said, "Give it one day, sleep on it, weigh over the pros and cons, come back to you tomorrow." He came back on Tuesday, said, "I'm still leaving," and that's it. Mm. I mean, mm. I don't know, man. He he, three games that that. I don't know. The fact he didn't stick it around at least to kind of ride it out a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. It tells me all I need to know. It, it tells me that if, if Rising were named the starter from the beginning, he would have he would have transferred then too. He was just not in it for anyone but himself. And any, maybe, the, any maybe concerns, the team fed off that. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because cause here's the thing. You don't know and I don't know, so it's just pure speculation anyway. Were that my team situation, I would maybe have slight concerns in the back of my mind that the rest of the team wasn't there to support a guy when he's down, you know, like that, that maybe says something about the culture of like kicking a guy to the curb and saying, you know, get out of here, you know, like almost like they don't have his back. And again, speculation. I have no evidence to support that other than that could be. Hey, I'm not going to discount it. I, I, it could be, I'm not going to say one way or the other. Um, but I, what I do know is from what I could tell before it happened, it didn't appear like he had a lot of support to begin with, you know? Gotcha. When he was starting, yeah. and when Rising went, I mean, right off the bat, Rising was voted team captain. Yeah, you know the the backup quarterback over the starter. That should that should be a major red flag for you there, as far as who the team thinks should be the starter and, and who they support. I mean, you know, that's just yeah. pretty obvious. So yeah, so maybe 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 they kind of kicked the guy to the curb when when the chips weren't going his way, or when whatever that saying is, when the the chips were down. Uh, but maybe that, when the those chips are down, will stump on you. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe That's those the thing. seeds, those seeds were planted before that by the way he yeah. treated them. You know, I've heard. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like I said, I don't get too far into conspiracy theories, but I've heard things that he wasn't very kind to his offensive line during off season and. and oh, I don't know. These gotcha. are these are wild rumors at this point. You know. Yeah. But yep. Well, we'll see because you know he's going to get another chance with another team somewhere and. Uh, one of those things where we'll look back and be like, yeah, maybe Jack Tuttle at Indiana. I don't even know how that story ended. How's Jack Tuttle doing these days? He's the backup at Indiana. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there you go. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Someday we'll know. We'll go back and listen to the podcast and be like, I know. I have the answer because I'm from the future. So, yeah. A yeah. couple things I want to touch on. Um, I don't want to break down a ton of this Arizona State game because it's, it's been weird. I've watched it so many times, but just you know, pausing and doing different things. Like really, there's been a lot of craziness in my life. But Tyler, freaking Algier, running down that guy, that double turnover play. You saw that, right? Just if don't, you've seen nothing not. else, you haven't Describe seen that. It to me, I, I heard about it. I asked one of my friends about it, who was a Ute fan, and he explained it to me. But is a Ute fan slanted, biased? So I want to hear your I want to hear your description. I'm gonna I'm gonna replay. This is fun, another funny thing on a when you listen on the BYU radio app at the end of the game they like go over the highlights and so it's like on the radio like radio highlights all you hear is Greg Grabel describing things and being happy and yelling again. I'm gonna do the highlights. Okay, this is the audio. If you were in the room with me watching the delayed broadcast, this is what you would have heard. Oh come on, get rid of it! Damn it! Ah. Oh. What? No way! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> and that was that was exactly what it was. Is Jaron Hall's under pressure. He's going down, he's getting sacked, and he heroically this reminded me of Zach Wilson at Boise State uh, a few years back. He's in the middle of getting sacked, and it's a close game, good team late, and he tries to make something happen that's ill-advised. I mean, exactly what's happened with Zach Wilson. And as he's letting the ball the ball go, he's going down. One of their linebackers jumps up and just high points the ball, just snags it when it's halfway to the receiver. And so it was like, oh, man, that's the worst possible thing because I believe it was still a one-score game at that point in the fourth quarter. And that linebacker, he's got a line to the end zone. So he just, he's just he got the head start because he, he lands on his feet when everyone else is being knocked over and knocked around. So he's just just booking it, just hauling straight to the end zone. Well, Tyler Algier and Jaron Hall both on the ground when the interception happened. They get up, they run down, they actually bump into each other on the way down chasing him, and Jaron Hall kind of gives Algier a little bit of a boost. Well, Algier, who's shorter than the guy, 
He comes up and it's like one of these things. If you were like a middle school kid daydreaming about your future as a, as a football player, this is how it would happen in your imagination. It never happens this beautiful and this perfect in real life. But he catches up to him, puts his left hand on the guy's left shoulder, jumps, and he brings his right fist all the way around from like a full extension and he punches the ball perfectly as the guy's moving it in his running motion. And so it just squirts right out. I mean, it took, it was like his entire body, everything was like exactly where it needed to be to make this happen, like textbook. And so he punches the ball, it comes out. Now, this is what made me wonder, Jaron Hall, he would have been, was he using his full speed? He would have been right there in the mix, like two yards behind at the moment of that that event. For whatever reason, as Algier was getting closer, he slowed down just a little bit, creating about a five-yard gap. So when the ball came out, it was right there where he just slid on it, grabbed it perfectly. Like, the real risk would have been him overrunning it, but it's almost like somebody said, Hey, Jaron, slow down. (laughs) You idiot. I don't know if that really happens, but the way you watch it, you're like, why did he slow down? Like, it's a good thing he did, but it was crazy. He slowed down and he got it back. And it's the funniest thing because everybody's like, look at how Tyler Algier, he didn't celebrate. He wasn't all cocky. He just walked off like it's back to business. And it's like, my response to that is, they just lost 60 yards. I don't, I think it would have looked stupid if he would have been out there pumping, celebrating. But here's why I love that play and why it's worth me spending five minutes talking about. We're in a world right now at a time in this world's history when so many of us think we're in this uphill, impossible battle. This is a football play that is real life inspiring. I don't know if you're feeling that way about your life and the world around you, but I'm feeling it. I think so many people I care about are just having a tough time with so many different things. Like life is hard right now. It really is. And to see somebody not give up on the play, on just, you know, the sliver of hope that maybe something good happens, and then to have it work out perfectly, it was like, I have no excuse to not give it my all every day with everything I'm doing. Because you know what? Even when things look like they're not going to work out, I can't stop. I can't stop trying. I have to try. And man, it worked out so beautifully. What yard line was he on when he caught him and punched it out? Uh, I think they were pinned on their own 20 at that point. I mean, it was it was a 60-yard loss, so they kind of flipped the field on that double turnover play. Um, I think the next play was, you know, maybe a three-yard run or something like that. The play after that, Mason Wake hurdled the dude, and so that set up like third and short. And then a uh, couple passes, I think Gunnar Romney um, caught a big gain, but it was... It was um, a touchdown. Oh yeah, and it was the end of that very same drive where Jaron Hall got injured, and so Baylor Romney came in. I pointed this out on Twitter. I don't. Most people aren't seeing it the way I saw it. That play where he does the fake handoff, turns around, stumbles, and kind of like hits Isaac Rex, who uh, kind of delayed run to the end zone. They did that exact same thing against Boise State. And when they did it against Boise State, somebody had pointed out they stole that play from Boise State who did it against them the year before. And it's this fake handoff and and almost like a like birds do this. Birds will do this fake injury like, come get me, I'm vulnerable. And they're, they're like drawing you away from their nest. And that, that, that's what I see when I watch football's analogies <laughs> of nature here. He's like a killdeer in Utah, like squeaking around, come get me. Anyway, um... Against Boise State, it was like a, a fake stumble, and it worked beautifully. Most people are saying this was a real stumble, like he almost fell. And I think it either was a real stumble or it was the most beautifully executed fake stumble because it was inches away from being a six-yard loss. And then he threw it up. He gets knocked down to his butt as he lets it go. Rex goes up. He's he's defended, and he catches it over the top. But anyway, that that's what put the game out of reach. It was just this beautiful coming together of everything. Like it was that close to being a loss for BYU. It was such an amazing moment. Um, So, okay. So they lost six yards, but I mean, what yard line was he caught on? Was he like about to score? When he punched it, how was he like on the five yard line or something? No, no, no. Yeah. So about the 20 yard line. So yeah, it was like from one twenty to the other. So yeah, flip the the whole field there. Oh, interesting. Huh? Yeah. Well, they got uh, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. So, I'm going to text got, you the videos because there, there are some just, yeah, you got to oh, see, oh, you gotta see it. See it's it. amazing. 
Send it to me. Yeah. So that's it, man. Two week recap for both of us. You had two incredible weeks. I had two like miserable freaking Miser- weeks. And you know what this reminds we me are of? A, we are a Pazuki. This this uh we are sponsored by those of you that live in Cache Valley at uh, Firehouse Pizza. There is a dessert there called the Fazuki. It used to be called a Pazuki when I lived there and was falling in love with my wife. We would eat that all the time. And it's a cookie cooked on a skillet, and they put ice cream and, and chocolate toppings on that. And you you got to eat it right away because they bring it out hot, and it's like the ice cream's freezing cold and the cookie's burning hot, like way too hot of a cookie. You'd never put that in your mouth if it wasn't covered in ice cream. And it's just super gooey, and it's super hot and super cold at the same time, and there is no better food on the face of this earth. And that is who we are right now. We are extreme yeah. opposites with where our teams are right now. Dude, 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 dude. It, it reminds me of, do you remember 2018? We can go back years now with this podcast. 2018, yeah. one of our one of our, our episodes was right after we recorded it at like one in the morning from my soda <laughs> shop. You I remember do this? remember that one. Utah yeah. just lost to Washington at home to fall to uh, I want to say one and two or, or one and one or something one and two. And BYU had just beaten Wisconsin on the road, right? Yeah. And, yep. and we were opposite ends then too. I was <laughs> yes. furious. I was angry. You were elated. And then immediately, like, it flopped again. Like, Utah yeah. went on this huge run and won the South. You lost to Washington. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's the same thing again. Things just flop again. And here's the thing. Here's my prediction about Utah, okay? Yes, things are not looking good right now. I feel, however, and granted I'm naturally an optimist, I feel with the changes that have been made over this week by by – a quarterback leaving who apparently wasn't a good locker room guy with uh, a few changes they made on the offensive line to shore things up that they made last game. And when they did last game, the line was better in the fourth quarter. I I feel like we're going to go on a bit of a run here. I don't think we're going to be a great team by any means. I'm not saying we're going to win the South and, 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 you know, compete for the conference, but I think we're going to win a few games and go on a little run here. I think there's a renewed energy with, with cam rising, knowing he's the guy, the team knows he's the guy. Things are. I think we're going to win a few games here, and things are going to go look better. Four weeks from now, I'm calling it. I'm going to be pumped. Four weeks from now, I'm going to say we're looking pretty good. You watch my nice. Uh, one thing I like is if that whole shortened season thing is a factor playing into all of this, you got Pac-12 opponents coming up. You know that shouldn't be a factor. It, it's the same for all of them. So um, yeah, good call. that's one thing looking in your favor too. Um, I got to give a shout out too to the not only the Rock but all of BYU fans that were there. People on the field were saying, "Yeah, the Rock brought the energy, but so did everybody else." The last two weeks at Lavelle Edwards Stadium were electric, and I'm on record on this podcast as saying, "If there's one thing I'm jealous of from your fan base, it's that it's that just that vibe, that experience of." The fans being electric, the lights, the drums, the smoke, the the music, that whole atmosphere. And man, BYU two weeks in a row has brought it. They've done things I did not think they could do. I thought we're stuck with a lot of the people in the stadium being 60-year-old ladies that have a crossword puzzle because that's just who we are, you know? And man, you would not have guessed that. The decibel, I mean, it was just, it was a rocking environment. And and that gives me hope too, thinking, man, if we could, if we could bring that week in, week out in Big 12 play, watch out. I will say this. I was at that game, obviously. And yeah, your crowd was spectacular. It was energetic and loud. It reminded me of, I mean, that's how rivalry games are, man. I mean, they're they're that way. But it reminded me of of Utah versus um, TCU, 2010, when we got our trash destroyed. When that game started, it was freaking deafeningly loud. And that's yeah. how it was the BYU game. They brought the energy, and I think it I think it contributed, man. I think it it played a factor in Utah's offense. We started out with two turnovers uh, right off the yeah. bat. Um, it's a miscommunication on the line. And, and so I think it definitely paid, played a role in it. And yeah, it was, it was really good. And I've, I've been on the record of saying that Utah's crowd, oh man, I'm going to get killed for this is <laughs> overrated is overrated. It's overrated. I'm sorry for big games like BYU, USC, Arizona state, Oregon, Washington. It's electric. It's packed. It's awesome. It's an, it's a legit crowd for games like, uh, Weber state and Washington state. And Southern Utah, it's pretty blase, man. It is. It just yeah. is. There's open spots. The muss isn't full. People leave early. There's not a lot of energy. It's just, and it makes it. I know I shouldn't compare myself, but I look at SEC freaking crowds. Every oh, game, yeah. man. 
week in and week out. It's insane, and that's how I want to be. I should have been born in the South. I told my dad he missed a prompting <laughs> to move to the South at some point before I was born because I should. I'm an SEC fan in a Utah Utes body, bro. Yeah, man, how would that be? Um, you didn't. I just realized as we're talking, you don't know. You don't know what happened next. Um, Arizona State in their attempt to come back. They were pinned deep against, uh, like, so the rock was right next to them. They could not get out of their own way. It was false start after false start after false start. It was one where you could feel, and you you watch this, there's not enough time in the game to be making those mistakes. That's what really sealed the deal. And so a lot of people were crediting. They're saying, oh, yeah, the same game in Arizona State, BYU wins, or Arizona State wins. And uh, and they may be right, but I'd say neutral side it's a toss up. I mean they were they were evenly matched teams, but uh, man, that was awesome to see BYU's crowd do that. Yeah, I, 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 you, the must used to be that way. The must, in my opinion, is living off of a ten year old rep. They used to be awesome ten years ago. They're not as good now. I know that's going to enrage some people on Twitter, uh, specifically rhymes with schmavery. Um, but <laughs> you know, that's just it is what it is. The the must is is overrated compared to what it used to be. I'm sorry, it's a fact. Come at me. Well, I don't care. This is the, the, there's been a lot of back and forth on that. Apples to apples. If you say, let's take BYU's rowdiest 3,000 versus Utah's rowdiest 3,000, Utah probably gets the edge. I think they're a little more rowdy. However, the BYU gets knocked for having the UVU students help them fill it out, but I was unaware until this year it's 5,000 students in the must to 11,000 in the rock. I mean, that's a big difference. And yeah, of course you're going to give them away to people if you're not going to fill it, you know, but well, they can still I mean, bring it. Yes, it, the, the rock is bigger, but it's it's 7,000 in the must. So it, okay. uh, uh, it's officially 7,000. So not, I mean, not, it's still, there's still, that's still a big gap still. But yeah, there's, there's yeah. more, definitely more students down there. And part of it is why I don't want to talk trash on the rock because in the rock is one of my nieces. She's a Rock member, one of my brother's oh, daughters. She's, there you go. She's a member of the Rock. She's a freshman BYU this year. And here's what's sad for me. We're all diehard, as you know, Utah fans. I, tell, I talk about it all the time, me and my brothers at the games. She yeah. would go to these games with us as a Ute fan. She gets into BYU. Immediately, she switches. She's a Rock yeah. member. She's pumped about BYU. And I still love her to death because she just got her mission call yesterday. Props to her. She's going to Where Iowa to? City, Iowa. Iowa oh, City, nice. Iowa. So nice. She's, she's excited. She leaves in a few months. But she's, she's for her. a full-on rock, mem- rock member now. But I, I yeah. love her, but yeah. Hey, I, uh, that's a heartwarming story of redemption. I'm glad you shared that. I appreciate that. That's uh, <laughs> that's inspiring. That's For half of our audience. <laughs> I love you, Utah fans. I'm glad. I really am glad that we have um, each other. <laughs> it's, it's great. I'm still honored hey, to call you a rival. This, this has been therapeutic for me, my man. I, Good. I, I, all I've had is talk to other angry Ute fans for the last two weeks. So to get someone who's not an angry Ute fan, it's uh, it's it feels good. Hey, it's good. It feels good to be BYU around somebody that... who's happy. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Tell, hey, give me tell my B, tell my BYU fans that are mad that I'm not on Twitter because they wanted to come at me. I'll be back. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll face the music at some point. So, nice, Jan. You, you can shove it, Jan. I'll be back in a little <laughs> bit. Leave me alone. Tell me, <laughs> give me the scouting report on Washington State. How how is Utah going to win this game? Because Washington State sucks. It just sucks, how, how have dude. they done this year? They lost. They lost to Utah State. That's all you need to know. Okay. At home. <laughs> well, they, they lost, lost to undefeated Utah State. That might not be that bad. I think time will tell. But I, I, I think I think I think Utah State's living on borrowed time. I think uh, their records inflated because they've played a bunch of trash personally. But uh, mm-hmm. Washington State, they've got. I don't. Depends on who their quarterback is. They had a guy that started last year as a freshman named Jaden Delora from Hawaii. And he was pretty good, but he got like a DUI in the offseason. They started someone else. Oh no! Okay. I, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to be back starting. I think he is, but they're just they're just they're 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 kind of a mess right now as well for different reasons. You know, their coach is embroiled in a lot of offseason controversies, both with about COVID stuff, and, right? Yeah. yeah. And he he brought a lot of undue scrutiny to his team, and then they've been kind of a mess on the field. So Utah's actually favored by two and a half touchdowns. Which, oh wow. Is is a lot for a team that's one and two with two losses yeah. to you know to non conference teams. So I think personally, like I said, this week we will know how the rest of the season goes. If we yeah. come out against Washington State and win and look good doing it with our renewed energy with our new quarterback that some are saying should have started in the first place. And by the way, a little sidebar it depends on who you believe. Th- there is rumors out there that that there was a disagreement with the coaching staff on which quarterback to start. 
that the the offensive coordinator Ludwig wanted Rising, but Witt wanted Brewer and overrode him. And now it looks worse that he did that because Brewer freaking flamed out, right? Yeah. And, and to say to Brewer, I will say this. A lot of it is not Brewer's fault. I mean, the offensive line has been abysmal, and that's being kind. Like, behind a good line, I think Brewer's still a good quarterback. Like, yeah. when he played against uh, Weber State, granted it's Weber State, but he had more time, and he was throwing nice pinpoint passes, right? He looked good. Um, and so I just think for this offensive line, he's not the right guy because this offensive line, for some reason, whatever the reason is, is absolutely terrible and has regressed big time. So for this line, Rising needs to be the guy. I think we'll see a renewed energy, some excitement. It'll be a home game. Um, and I think I think we win by two touchdowns. I think we win 28-14, something like that. Get a little nice. happiness back. That sets up for our bye week going into USC. So if we can get a nice win going to USC, I think we can build some momentum. If we come out and look like trash again, the whole season is going to be a disaster. The whole season will. There will be no – there is there is no reason not to win this game if because Washington State sucks and we've got all this new renewed energy with Thick Boy 7 or whatever, which I think is quite honestly stupid. But um, <laughs> if, if we come is out really, and look is good – is he fat? I don't know. Like I, you said no, he can he's run. Not. He's mobile. Yeah, he's not. I don't know what the deal is. I guess Connor, our guy, is he? he is he, he juicy? He coined it. I think he meant it because he was looking juicy, looking thick. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so like I said, if we come out and look like trash in this game, then the whole season is going to be a disaster. If we come out, win big, I think we can build some momentum. Because being honest, bro, there's not a team in the South that's like, oh, they're untouchable. You know? I mean, yeah. every team. Go through the list. Utah looks terrible. Colorado looks terrible. Arizona, 15-game losing streak. Like They're terrible. Then you have mm-hmm. Utah, Arizona, or Utah, USC, and USC. USC got killed by Stanford, who the week before lost to freaking um, uh, North, North, not Northwestern. Who did they lose to the week before? Uh, Purdue, right? And, mm-hmm. then, and then you have UCLA, who is looking good, beat LSU, but then they just lost us last week to freaking Fresno. So there's not a team in the South, in my opinion – that Utah can't beat. <coughs> so I think we can build some momentum mm-hmm. if we have a good week. If we don't, then the season is screwed. But I'm not going to get into that because we're taking it one game at a time on this podcast. Or you two heard games it at a time. Here first. You heard, yeah, two games at a time. You heard it here. <laughs> if Utah comes out, lays an egg, gets steamrolled by Washington State, he will officially change his name to Mighty Alaskan Cougar and join the BYU fans. <laughs> no way. I will not. My niece will. My niece did that already, and she's the only one. Yeah. Hey, line upon line, fan yeah. upon fan upon fan. No, that's yeah. Hey, you gotta. Like I say, those those terrible seasons, they're fun, you know. And I say that because I've been through some terrible seasons. There's just not a lot on the line every game. Um, that's the thing. Speaking, is your expectations are lowered, so like when you have a good game, you're pumped about it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of terrible seasons we've had, I've said before. This BYU team is capable of beating anybody, and they're capable of losing to anybody. And that's the only concern going into USF. Uh, they shouldn't be great. Utah, or BYU's favored big. Uh, last time they met, I think USF won, though. Um, but, yeah, it shouldn't be close. BYU, I'm excited to see a lot more of what we saw last year, of when BYU gets into their groove and just puts up 50 points on the board. I would love to see Tyler Algier running against a defense that isn't like a really stout defense. Like I, I do think Utah and Arizona State are among the tougher defenses he'll face. So I'd love to see him get just a big game, just some bigger like chunk plays, wide open runs. I mean, I love the guy. He's earned it. I want to see him be the player of the game by rushing 300 yards. So we'll see how that goes. What time is your game on Saturday? I actually don't even know. Um, I've got, yeah, I've got that. I've got a, I have to go to a funeral. I've got all kinds of stuff. I might not even watch this one live. It's, it's crazy out there, but, um, hey, whatever time it is. Bro. Yeah. 2000, 2021. You don't need to watch them live. You can watch them whenever it's the same. It's the it's same true. feeling. As long as you don't know what's going on, then it's just the same. You know what's funny, though? My wife, she'll sit there. She'll, like, <laughs> kind of half join me. She'll, like, sit there and watch it live with me. But she can't resist peeking and, like, knowing the score, knowing what's about to happen. And so, like, that play I just went into all that detail on. As soon as I was jumping up and down screaming, she's like, I was so excited for you to see that. I've already seen it. I'm like, what? She's over there in the corner <laughs> on her phone, like, watching the Twitter play, like, replays of it. And so, 
Anyway, oh, it's yeah. fun. Which is that I try like I'll like try and gauge like her vibe. Okay, am I gonna be happy in ten minutes or what? But anyway, yeah. fun times. All right, my man. Well, I guess uh, I guess prediction. I guess I gave mine Utah twenty eight fourteen. What's your prediction for BYU? I think BYU is gonna gonna put fifty two on the board and they'll allow seven, but it'll be when the real defense is not in anymore. Sounds good. We will uh, we'll be back next week. We. We get one mulligan a season, which we used last week. So we will be back next week for <laughs> our full, our regular Probably. weekly podcast. Who knows? Three weeks from now. We're going to cover three games for you. Yeah. yeah. It depends. If Utah continues to lose, <laughs> I may disappear forever. Maybe, maybe that's the rule. You, you lump the losses or something. So, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you for tuning then, uh, in. Go Utes. Go Cougs.